This is Marketable, a Notice Pictures podcast that explores the ever-changing landscape faced by marketing teams. Hello, marketers. This is Ryan Jones, co-host of the Marketable podcast. Jeff Barry is otherwise occupied, so I'm taking the reins of this old horse, and uh, we'll see where it takes us. What did you think of that uh, intro there, that, uh, you know, hello, marketers, that I did? Got to work on a, a trademark intro. For this, everybody has one. You know, Dax Shepard for Armchair Experts does the welcome, 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 and Mark Marin does his, you know, expletive laden intro. Which I don't. I'm not offended by it. I'm just saying I'm not going to recreate it here because we try to keep the clean rating. I don't know why. It doesn't probably really matter. Anyway, uh, if you have any ideas for a really great, hip, ear-catching intro that we can adopt, send them our way. We'd really appreciate it. So today, we have a special edition of our series within a series, Be Afraid. And that is uh, where we drill down into the hot topic of the day, of the year, artificial intelligence. And how does it relate to our marketing industry? Should we be terrified? Should we be excited? Or should we just lie down resignedly into the stream and let the currents of technological innovation carry us where they will. I don't know. Maybe that was too dark. But anyway, that's why we have the series within a series, so that we can explore this topic and figure out what to do. So on today's episode, we're returning to Neocon, where uh, we were last episode talking with marketers that represent brands that and companies that deal in the interior, exterior design space. And we asked all of them about their takes on AI. So let's just get into it. Uh, I want to start with Benjamin Glenz, who I actually want to apologize to first if you're listening, because I did pronounce his last name incorrectly. I said Glenz instead of Glenz. Somewhere along the way, an E replaced a U. And it's just unacceptable. So apologies, Benjamin. But I want to start with him because he works at a company called Swatchbox, you may recall, that provides uh, material samples to designers. And he apparently and their organization have already been working with AI a little bit. And so he has some insights that are actually based on real experience and not just speculation and fear-mongering and that kind of thing. So here is Benjamin Glenz from Swatchbox. AI is certainly a huge buzzword right now. Um, we're one of the fortunate ones to have already been involved with it, you know, in our own uh, tools that are already existing, but then also our own research. Um, I think there are a lot of people who are scared of it because they don't really understand it. Um, but then I also think there are a lot of people who are overhyping it because they don't understand it. So, you know, we think the future of AI and design is really to be kind of like a co-pilot or a jetpack right to existing workflows uh, no one will ever be able to fully replace uh, an architect or designer from a fully creative standpoint uh, because that's you know it's it's related to who we are as humans right so you could certainly simulate creativity from an ai standpoint but then that kind of gets down to the whole uh, philosophical side of things but so it's more of just a tool uh, that can be leveraged i mean as it stands today, right, no one can predict where we'll be 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Who knows? We may all be out of jobs. Yeah. But, uh, 
you know, no one can replace this sort of interaction and the problem solutioning together. Like, you know, you use these large language models and yeah, they can get you answers and that's great, but um, it's not quite where we need it to be yet. Yeah. So, it's you know, not in we, take all, my we job all need territory. to not put our heads in the sand. <laughs> we need to be educated about what they can and what they can't do. And then be part of the solution, not a part of the, you know, the people throwing rocks. You know, see, see where it is a fit and let's, let's move this industry forward so we can all stop quoting these statistics about being less efficient than the mining industry, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great way of looking at it, that the way that he put it, a, a jetpack or a co-pilot. At this stage, that definitely feels like a truism because they can only do so much. We've discussed that before. It doesn't feel like chat GPT can replace a copywriter, for instance. So that might change down the line. And I think that's where we start to get a little bit nervous is the unknown. But at this point, embrace it experiment with it and let's see what happens. And that's similar to a take that we got from Shaman Wynn from Amazing Magnets. What's your feeling on artificial intelligence as far as the marketing industry is concerned? I feel like it's either people are terrified and feel apocalyptic or they see potential in it. Where do you land? I, I think of, of either way, it depends on the day, right? And what the application exactly. is. But I mean, it's been incredibly helpful for our business, right? We've been able to use it as a tool. So for my sales side, it's been incredibly helpful because we truly believe in a blended sales and marketing team that are working hand in hand together. And then on the marketing side, it's been huge for us to be able to look up data and to look up different things and be able to go after our correct person, our correct uh, persona, if you will. So it's been incredibly helpful. So Shaman is really looking at this from a data gathering perspective, as opposed to, I think, what we sometimes think about, Jeff and Sean and myself, which is more in terms of creative. And is there going to be a way for AI to basically do what we do and uh, render us obsolete? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. It doesn't seem very likely at this current stage, but it is evolving so quickly, you just never know. The next person we're going to hear from, though, actually feels pretty confident that it won't replace creatives. And this is Tara McQueen from Hunter Douglas Architectural. I don't think artificial intelligence is going to take over any type of um, creative platforms, truthfully. I think it's a really cool thing, and I think that it will obviously be part of our lives uh, continuing, but I don't think it's going to replace graphic designers. I don't think it's going to replace people who, you know, market. I, of course, selfishly hope that Tara is correct on this subject. I do not want to be replaced by a computer. That would be a bummer. But we'll just have to wait and see. That's the refrain. That's what really we should call this series. Wait. Oh, no, I said I made that joke last time. Oh, boy, I'm running out of material. Wait and see. Golly. Well, let's move on to the next interviewee, which is Ashley Paprock from Moss Inc., based right there in the Chicago area. And she has a very balanced response to artificial intelligence. I love it. I think everything has a balance. I, you know, we, for our large pieces, we're definitely still going directly to copywriters to make sure, you know, everything is kind of in sync with brand language. But, you know, if we're doing a quick social post, throw it in, ask if the grammar's right, ask, like, can you, how can you, you know, how can you heighten this text for LinkedIn? 
I do that. We have not done anything as far as creative, just out of respect for our partners and kind of people within that space. So if we are doing any, we wouldn't just say like, create us a graphic for this. We're still using graphic designers and we're still using creatives for that work. So I think it's a balance of like using it to kind of check your work and like see if you're spot on, but not necessarily taking away from opportunities of people that make a living off of doing that work. Yeah, we actually with this podcast, we feed the audio file of the episode to an AI and it generates a recap and then we put it on our blog. And it's like, nobody else was gonna do that work for us. So mm-hmm. it's not really like eliminating right. So that's how I feel like if you can use it to kind of make your life easier, sure. But I don't love the idea that people are just doing it instead of going to an actual creative. And I think there's still some kind of wishy-washiness and like, well, where is that art coming from? How, what are they pulling to kind of get that to come together? So at this point, we don't, that's not something that we're utilizing it for. Yeah. We've got a, we, we actually have a, po, uh, a podcast where we, we were talking about this, these same things. And one of the things that we talked about is that like soul, like feeling, experience, compassion. I don't, those things aren't there right now and those affect the way someone creates something for you. Totally. And even going with that, like I've seen a lot of people get into hot water, especially like PR, things that should be written by crisis PR, someone just putting it in and being like, write me a statement. But you really are losing that kind of like compassion or even understanding how someone else is going to read it. So for those things, I mean, I it's not there. And if it does get to that point, that is what I think would be scary. <laughs> right, right. I've mentioned this before, but this is really our approach to artificial intelligence thus far. I've played with ChatGPT. I mentioned in the last episode of this series that I used a platform called writer.com that does blog post generation and can generate recaps from audio files, video files. It's super interesting. It's really helpful for just kind of like getting things off the ground and then going in and sprucing it up and giving it a little bit more voice and character. But yeah, it's just not something that I would trust to craft something and then put it out into the world without proofreading and making adjustments. So definitely agree there. And it has helped get, you know, a lot of content out onto our website, on our blog, which, you know, without ChatGPT would just be nascent as it was for, uh, you know, a year and a half, two years. So our next interviewee is Jordan Mascaro, who is the marketing manager at Lifespan Fitness. And she actually had an interesting take about sort of the negative effects of utilizing AI-generated text as far as SEO is concerned. I'm definitely excited. I mean, for being in marketing, it definitely makes people's jobs a little bit easier. You do have to be careful. Google algorithm doesn't always like AI. So some of the things I do is I'll use ChatGPT or whatever, and then I'll rewrite it a little bit so it tailors more to our audience, and then Google still likes it, and we get more ideas. We can push out more content that way. So yeah, all those blog posts that I used AI to generate, they're, they're probably not performing well on Google. So I'm going to have to go in. I'm going to have to add a little bit more of Ryan into those posts and a little less writer.com, chat GPT. So good to know. And now we're going to hear from our friends over at Zen Booth, from the Zen Booth, where we interviewed them. And this is Sam Johnson, founder of Zen Booth, and his marketing whiz, Bex Hartke. I'd say we're pretty, you know, we're 
We're in the Bay Area, so a little tech forward already, and I'd say I'm actually quite excited about what can be done on the visual side. And so there's some tools we've played with where you can see what a phone would booth would look like in different environments. So you can kind of change the look and feel. So all of the visual stuff is extremely exciting for interior design because people often howl this look with different furniture. And the booth we're in here, there's already tools available where you could be like, what will this look like with mid-century furniture on the inside? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two exciting uses. Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, like, it's interesting because part of, uh, again, part of our ethos is being friendly for people. And so part of that is, you know, it, not everyone has the ability to hire a design team and see what the, the booth is going to look like in their space. So AI actually, ironically, makes design friendlier for people <laughs> and more accessible to more people um, than, you know, the current process. Somewhat surprisingly, this was kind of the only response that mentioned artificial intelligence in a use case that was really directly to the work of their business. And then Beck's going further and talking about it as a democratizing force. That's really interesting because with most new technologies, that is what we tend to think about, at least some of the time, is that, you know, the internet opens up information to everybody on the planet. But with AI, there really hasn't been much acknowledgement of that. It's it's really been driven by fear more so than any of the other innovations I think that have come before it. Again, there's always some level of fear, but it's just really heightened here. So I thought that was a a refreshing perspective. And rounding us out is the head of marketing for 9to5 Seating, Sue Pack, who also strikes a pretty optimistic and excited viewpoint. I'm very excited about it. I think there's a great opportunity to to leverage it. And if you can leverage it in the right way and find all those tools and resources that are out there to help you leverage this tool, it can be, um, it can set you apart. And we, right now, we're in the very early stages of it. So to see the potential of it, I'm very excited about the opportunity. Yeah, I think that that is the operative word here, potential. We don't know what this is going to be exactly yet, and there's a lot of exciting potential. There's a lot of potential that might alarm people, and that's okay. So we really appreciate everybody that, again, spoke with us there at Neocon, took the time away from their booths to talk to a couple of strangers with a big microphone very kind. We obviously have gotten a lot out of it because this is our second episode featuring these voices. And uh, as I said before, there's actually going to be a third. We we so enjoyed our conversation with Zen Booth that next week we are going to be posting the unedited version of that just so that you can hear more of their insights and uh, the way that they're going about marketing their business. And we hope that it proves useful to you. So until then, please be sure to rate and review us, subscribe, tell your marketing friends about this podcast, please. We would love to grow this community. Market this podcast to marketers. It's marketable. There you have it. Um, I will be joined again, hopefully, next week by Jeff Barry, our third partner, Sean Willis. He really wished that he could be here, but he is taking horseback riding lessons and he's doing English saddle. Can you believe it? I tried it once. Not for me. Very difficult. But more power to him. He is a champion and an elegant one at that. 
So until next time, marketers, this is Ryan Jones signing off. Marketable is produced by Notice Pictures. We make podcasts, documentary, and narrative films and are the trusted marketing collaborators for a number of brands and organizations. Check out our work by visiting noticepictures.com. If you'd like to chat or have a topic you want us to explore, drop us a line at marketable at noticepictures.com. And of course, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. 